Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music for the game Amoeba Battle, written by composers Igor Nemirovsky and Kenny Wood. You'll hear them explain, though, they didn't co-write the music. They each had separate aspects of the game. And also, Kenny did the sound design. So I initially asked Igor and Kenny to explain their compositional relationship. I want to know more about your working relationship and and things along those lines. Are you a composer collective or you just happened to work on this game together? Yeah, so we're, we're not a collective. Uh, we we actually attended the same program, and that was actually how we initially met the devs. Um, and so we worked on the game that they had done before this, as well as this one. Gotcha. Uh, and we, we've worked on some other stuff as well together, but I wouldn't say we're, we're like a composer collective, though. Okay, but you've worked together before, and so who... I mean, I guess then it doesn't really matter who, because you both knew the developer, so uh, you both mm-hmm. got kind of asked simultaneously to help out on the games? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Kenny? Oh, yeah, for the most part. Um, in fact, our first co- our first time collaborating, um, they were... They had already been working with Igor um, on a... This was Divergent Shift, which was the prior game. Um, and they were seeking an extra person to do sound effects. And, and at the time, you know, we, we were in, at USC in school. They teach us, you know, just never say no to any opportunity. So, <laughs> so I just jumped on it and um, got to work on sound effects for this other game. And, and the, the needs of the game was, was kind of shifting in real time. So I actually got to contribute a little bit of music too. And, and when you put the, our tracks side by side, they, they kind of had a, a cool, I don't know, flow when you played them back to back. So, so we decided to keep that same workflow for this game, Amoeba Battle. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, will one of you describe the game? Oh sure. Um, so it's the it's called the microscopic RTS, and it's uh, it's very much like um, games back in the day, like Warcraft two and Warcraft three, where it's uh, you're overviewing everything with a with a two dimensional landscape. But it's got it's got great visuals, great graphics, great gameplay, and uh, it's uh, very fun. So if if you get a chance to play it, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's adorable for one thing, and the, it's just pretty to look at, and and yeah, super fun. But uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the division of how the music laid out then, because it seems like Kenny, were you in charge more of battle music, and Igor, you did more of like the kind of uh, exploration the or maybe player. the campaign. Yeah, single player stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what what initially happened was uh, so this was you know coming right off of the previous game. So initially when we kind of all met together um, I went ahead and tackled the single player levels and there were like four main worlds each one with their own kind of environment atmosphere etc
and then Kenny was kind of doing sound uh, on those and then Kenny was then asked to do the main title and then I did some sounds as well and then we were kind of brought back in to do and then, and then they kind of expanded into this battle mode and Kenny you can go ahead and talk more about that yeah this this was this was kind of a very late development to the game because the the uh, initial design didn't have a multiplayer mode and uh, when when they when they brought it back from being on the shelf for a while uh, they said okay we got we got to do this battle mode so they actually <laughs> the, it's a f- sort of a funny story they actually had this track that I had written many years ago as kind of a placeholder for the battle mode stuff and they said you know what we're, we want to take this and you know give it a makeover more or less so I, I I jumped at that and it was um it was sort of a you know go big or go home and 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 I just went for it. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's really lovely instrumentation and you know way more on the orchestral range of things, of course. So talk to me a little bit about kind of coming up with what you wanted the game to sound like. We kind of had carte blanche as far as uh, style and approach. We were given a lot of artwork. And uh, in general, I kind of, I, I wanted to treat each of the four worlds kind of in their own way. So there, there was like the Mushroom Kingdom, which I kind of imagined almost a fantastical kind of, you know, vibe to it, kind of very lush. Um, and that was kind of how I wanted to approach the music, but also kind of bright and happy. The Primordial Sea, I, I kind of wanted a flowing sound, and I thought it would be cool to kind of bring in more electronic elements for that. And then, you know, the, 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 there's the, the, the fire levels and, and the, the final boss area, and I, I wanted those to be much bigger sounding and, and um, more stressful, more violent sounding. And it, it, I kind of did it in sort of like a hybrid orchestra approach. Kenny, how about you? Right, right. So, so Igor sort of set the foundation musically in this game, and and did a phenomenal job. Not just you know getting the the quality up and everything, but giving us a really really wide color palette to work with. So when I did the main title and and the battle tracks, which um, which had um, a bit more variety of percussion in it, um, the it, it, it was uh, it was pretty cool to to be going from from these these really cool tracks that Igor did and and putting sort of a uh, kind of a, a fun battle spin to it and and I think I think when you play them all together even even you know jumping back and forth between Igor's tracks and my tracks it it really doubles down on this this color idea that that we started with so um so it's a lot of yeah i think they complement each other really well yeah yeah totally yeah definitely and 
Kenny, you know, you brought up that you used a bunch of different percussion, and I, I really liked that. There's, um, you know, there's like some marimba and like malleted percussion that sounds sounds like it's in there, but then there's also like some really fun drum core stuff that you do too. Do you want to talk about picking some of those colors? I'm glad you caught that. Uh, it, it was sort of uh, like like Igor was saying, we had a carte blanche on this one. So I, I just kind of went to the kitchen sink and just threw in everything I thought might sound cool. <laughs> so yes, there's marching <laughs> drum lines in there. Um, there's huge taikos and, and surdos and, and percussion from around the world. There's even a, a tabla from India that's featured prominently on the, on the main title and, and, and a couple of the battle tracks. Igor, talk to me about some of the maybe more off-the-beaten-track sounds that maybe you tossed in for, for fun. Definitely, I would say the Mushroom Kingdom was probably the most orchestral. And then for the primordial sea levels, that, those were the ones where I definitely kind of went in with um, kind of, I wanted, it, my use of percussion, I wanted, I wanted to use less in terms of like big toms and that sort of thing, and more almost like clicky, weird, percussive elements i kind of wanted to go microscopic you know because okay. of the the game itself and so that's kind of where i approached that that section mm-hmm. i kind of went old school with with the you know with the later levels though i think i have some uh deduke in in uh one yes. of the worlds yes you do um, i think both of you yeah. do don't you also kenny use deduke uh, I, I actually used a, a handful of other types of winds, but but yeah, we 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 really uh, okay. were, reached all around the world for <laughs> for sounds on this. Okay, one. okay, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, Igor. I, I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, my my ear tends to you know I I fell in love with classical music, and that mm-hmm. that that's my background. So my ear does tend to go orchestral, but at the same time, I also wanted to kind of. Uh, hone in on, uh, just kind of zoom in on the on the, uh, the the world that we're working with, which is really bizarre. Like when you zoom in microscopically, and you know you you, you see something that feels very alien. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to make sure and introduce a lot of that as well. I thought the orchestra kind of provided a nice level of nuance and excitement, and then I was able to build on top of that with 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 uh, some occasional electronics and and some unusual instrumentation. Well, we'll come back to the music, but uh, if it's all right, I'd like to just uh, learn a little bit more about you guys each individually and how you kind of got into composition um, and uh, maybe some of your influences. And Kenny, let's go ahead and start with you. Um, Just uh, how did you decide to become a composer? I think I I attribute a lot of it in the early days to uh, to my mom and dad, who were both uh, music students and when they went through college. 
and uh, my father um, exposed me to the classic Warner Brothers cartoons when I was a kid. And and if you if you know those well, you know that they're just these um, amazing amazing arrangements by Carl Stalling for the most part, and and uh, and a, f- a few other very uh, <clears throat> big time composers. Um, and and that was kind of my upbringing. So I I feel like I always had sort of a sense of fun and humor uh, in my music growing up, and 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 that kind of paints the voice that that I use today. Um, and then it, it, but it wasn't really until late in high school that I, that I decided that um, uh, composing for games and film was was the direction I wanted to to pursue as a profession. I had actually wanted to be a professional trumpet player for a long time, and that's actually mm-hmm. how I got into music school and stuff. But but I guess my uh, my creative side just kept peeking through, so. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I just went with it and, and here we are today and I, I can't, I can't, uh, say I could have seen it any other way. <laughs> nice. Igor, how about you? How did that journey unfold for you? I would say the, the professional side of it definitely came in later in life. I, um, I was a huge film buff for a very long time. You know, I was in high school marching band and did all of that stuff. So that was like my musical education in my youth. I kind of, got to writing music almost as soon as I started picking up theory. Um, and so that just felt like a natural fit. And then uh, I kind of sort of tossed it aside briefly for a couple of years, went to college, came out of it and was like writing a lot of music by then. And, and so I just kind of decided, well, let's see what I can do with this. So I went ahead and applied at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, and I, I attended that, finished that up, then uh, was loving loving it even more, and uh, applied to the USC program uh, in film scoring. And, and like I said, film was kind of my first love. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I grew up uh, very much on the soundtracks of the 90s, and, and I loved and was you know, very much influenced by uh, John Williams and James Horner, Alan Silvestri, Thomas Newman, those sorts of people. And then the classical education brought in Debussy and Ravel and Prokofiev and Stravinsky. And and, um, I think those two worlds combine very much inform uh, the way I write music today. I still kind of think cinematically uh, and that that is where my heart is. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also a gamer. Uh, and okay. and there's there's a lot of game music out there that I've I've loved, but it does tend to be the kind of the big cinematic stuff that that draws me in very often. So even in games like you know it's the the World of Warcrafts, like those those sorts, gotcha. the Elder Scrolls, etc. Mm-hmm. Kenny, are you a gamer too? Uh, I am. I am. Yeah, because um, well, you sounded like it when you're talking about Warcraft and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm actually like okay. I'll be honest. Uh, the RTS <laughs> genre is not my all-time favorite of games. However, um, yeah. in the case of Amoeba Battle, it's it's the only one I play because <laughs> it's it's so fun. Um, but uh, I, I'm actually a, a lifelong Nintendo guy, so anything Mario and Zelda, I, I pretty much have them all and have cleared them all. So um, nice. that's that's where I feel at home in games. <laughs> are you are you guys playing anything right now, other than Amoeba Battle? Um, <laughs> 
I, I am actually, um, a, a lot of people don't know this yet, but uh, I actually just became a dad recently. So, so I've got my little girl that I'm playing with every day. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, at some point I uh, will introduce her to the world of gaming in a, in a very structured way, <laughs> of course, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but I, I hope she gets uh, as much out of it as I did. Sure. Igor, how about you? Are you playing right now? Uh, not as much. I've, I've kind of, I, I have my like uh, roller coaster ups and downs on the time I have yes. uh, for games. So yeah, so lately these last few months, things have been just a little bit busy, so I haven't been able to. Um, yeah. And I've kind of limited it just to like little mobile games I can play on my phone. Let's talk more about the music then in Amoeba Battle, since that's what we're here for anyhow. Um, and and I guess I'd love to know, because so often in fantasy music, we hear music in uh, what's called Lydian mode. And I know that you guys know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, for someone listening who might not know, it's a major scale that has a, a sharp in it that makes it sound kind of fantasy-like. And it's just so common to to hear it in fantasy scores. And I want to hear you both talk about, you know, why you think that is and, and you know, whatever. So in this case, actually, there's, like, I guess, a lot of combination between either Lydian or double Lydian, uh, otherwise called um, uh, overtone uh, scale, where you got the flat seven as well. is kind of related a little bit almost in feel to to the blues scale actually. Sure. But I think part of where that comes from is there's almost a lack of resolution in in those kinds of modalities. Um, and you get that also in, in a lot of other modes like you know various octatonic, you know, scales, that sort of thing. Yes. Where you feel like, okay, well there there is a dominant in a way, right? I mean mm-hmm. and I mean every kind of modality has its harmony that's about that's trying to reach back to the center point the tonic but the it, it feels like there's a lot more irresolution um if i'm not even sure if that's a word um, <laughs> well it is now and it makes sense but a go, lack go of resolution um yeah 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 uh and i think because of that it can create a sense of wonderment and i think that was grabbed onto very much uh in the 70s and 80s and in, in film and i think part of the reason it it was grabbed on that way was because it speaks, at least to Western audiences, it speaks to that sense of wonderment. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way in terms of resolution. That's really fascinating. I mean, it's just you hear it all over the place, and sure, um, yeah, it, right, rightly so. It's it's not inappropriate to you know what I mean. It's it's the right it's the right sound to hear. So uh, to me, it's fun. To, you know why why do we hear that? So Kenny, what are your thoughts on that? Oh man, it, it's uh, it's one of the best scales <laughs> ever. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> and with with, with you know, without getting too theoretical on it, um, I, li- I actually like the psychology of the Lydian mode and and the, all the variants that it has because. Uh, oh, let, let me back up a little bit. I also think it's most effective because we as a, as Western music appreciators um, have this 
such a strong foundation in the, the Ionian or the regular major scale mode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that when the Lydian comes up, you, you really notice it right away. And it almost makes everything as it progresses sound like a key change. And even though you're in that same scale, like you can be in two different places at any given time. You could even have like um, uh, bitonality if, if, you, uh, if you get enough uh, m- notes in there without changing any notes of the scale. So there, there's, there's so many places you can be and stretch into. And, um, and that, that to me gives it that sense of excitement and, and wonderment. And you're always never quite sure where it's going to go next because uh, it's, so, uh, it's so, what's it, I guess, flexible. In, in that regard, yeah. um, there, there's actually another scale that uh, uh, we used, uh, uh, at least in the battle mode stuff, um, which is the octatonic scale, and um, mm-hmm. and it, it shares some some um, properties with the Lydian, but uh, but it has it has its own contours that that give you possibilities for new uh, new chords and new tonalities. Symmetry being one of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can literally with both scales, you can literally split the octave down the middle, um, and that also yeah. provides more dissonance than your regular Ionian or or even yeah. Aeolian, you know, modes or whatever. Yeah, I got super nerdy about um, octatonic scale like a year and a half or maybe two years ago. Now I'm. To the end, I'll be a fan of The Walking Dead. I just love that show. I don't care how bad it gets. I still love it. And, <laughs> and you know, Bear McCreary still scores it. So there's, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, he had this really cool, really beautiful octatonic melody in, I think it was like maybe two seasons ago, maybe like season eight or whatever. And I just loved that he did that because it was so simple and so flexible and it just makes you question whether you're in a major or a minor key. And it's just, yep. uh, yeah, the, the flexibility of it is a beautiful thing. Yeah, you can, you can literally modulate to anything if you're working in that. Um, and, you know, I mean, Bartok obviously showed that with all of his music. Yeah. Being a little nerdy. I mean, even Beethoven a little, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was always within a classical setting in terms of, like, the, the, the rules that were in his head. Yeah, you know, yeah, for, yeah, for, the for way sure. He heard music, you know, in his period. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. talked about the sound design that was uh also i think part of the the game's dna because um it was all uh, the sound and music were were kind of developed and were evolving over the course of the entire game's development so it's it's kind of integral even when you when you play the sound effects along with the music tracks you there's at least in my ears there's a sense of that they belong together so I'm I'm very partial to the sound as well. Uh, we even had um, a good friend of mine, Nadia Wheaton, be the voice of uh, Amy, who is the the kind of artificial intelligence robot that kind of guides you through the game and gives you uh, pointers on what to do at, at given points. Um, so so adding her into the mix was very cool, and um, 
and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a ton of fun, um, especially creating the amoeba effects because each of these little characters has its own identity, has its own personality, and we, I took a lot of animal noises and and squeezed them and sh- <laughs> blew them up and shrank them down and and did all kinds of stuff to uh, to give uh, each each character their own little uh, flair to it. What do you like about uh, sound design compared to composition? The only thing I like about it better than working on music is the the freedom of time basically. I'm not I'm not locked into any meter or or uh, or timing constraint. Um and uh and I can just, you know, plop the sounds into pro tools and and just move them and mash them and stretch them and squeeze them how, however however I want. But but um the the other part of this, which uh, which I find daunting, is the um, uh, just the amount of places you can go, all the possibilities, because uh, they're really endless. Um, you, you know, there's uh, y- you have to much like the music, you have to create the style of sound, and um, and that to me that's actually more difficult because because um, I'm not a sound designer by. Uh, by any sort of training or, or experience, I, I just sort of took my musical knowledge and applied it to to working on sounds. Yeah, sound design is fascinating to me. I, I wouldn't know the. Fr- I f- I'm not a composer, and I feel like I could fumble through that better than I could fumble through sound design. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't it's know. interesting. I'm with both of you on this, right? So, like, um, you know, the the times I've done sound design. I almost feel more freed up because it's not my usual realm. Yeah. I feel like often we're our biggest judges, right? We're our worst judges in a way. And I feel like there's a lot less pressure uh, when I do sound design. And I know that sounds odd, but it's, you know, it feels more freeing because, um, you know, almost because of the lack of knowledge or the, or the lack of expectation you have. And you just, you end up suddenly becoming creatively free to like explore all of these sonic opportunities and possibilities without any kind of self-restraint. It kind of puts you in a different headspace, I think. Yeah. When you're oh, doing for sound sure. design. For sure. Uh, I'll add to that. Um there when you when you work on sounds, you do pick up tricks that you bring back to your music and um and apply them as like, you know, little sound design elements or swells or stingers or whatever. And and that that I think is a very rewarding thing when if for working on sound. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, both definitely have have rewards and challenges. And and yeah, Igor, it's it's interesting because that that freedom is what would scare me personally. I mean, because that's that's exactly what scares me about it. And when I think about the blank page, yeah, because I mean, and you know, not being a composer, so I have no basis to say this <laughs> at all. It's a waste of time that I'm going to say it at all, but I'm going to say it anyway. That like when I think of music personally, having been classically trained as well, you know, I I think of music in very structured ways, and um, and I hear it, I tend to hear it fairly structurally, and so I can think of it in in that way and when i think of sound i just i just see an empty space <laughs> you know yeah 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 it's kind of the ultimate blank page yeah so that i mean that that can be at once freeing but but also very much 
restraining in terms of this. <laughs> so, you, know, you, you can get lost in, in all of the possibilities. You can, yeah, yeah. You, you end up with option overload, basically option paralysis. Yeah, you sure sure could. But I mean, the same can be said for composition too, especially with the amount of samples that are at your disposal. I mean, the kitchen sink thing can be very tempting. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. most most definitely. <laughs> game uh have fun with it um and yeah i mean i hope i hope the people listening enjoy it even though it's a microscopic game you you'll find that the uh the the work igor and i did on it we intended it to sound huge so you your your imagination is is your only limit here so yeah i hope you i hope you guys enjoy it and um if you have as much fun as we have then you'll you'll be you'll be uh, loving it Nice. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. It was really nice to meet you and speak with you. Yeah, same here. Thank you for having us. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Level. You can learn more about Igor and Kenny and see a playlist at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.